Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Gist is brought to you by Texture, the mobile app that gives you full access to more than 150 of the world's most popular magazines anytime using your phone or tablet. Read Vogue, People, Esquire, Time, and hundreds more, from back issues to the one currently on the newsstand. Right now, try Texture for free at texture.com gist. And by the new podcast, Dog Smarts. Each episode features leading researchers and academics who tackle questions of language, memory, intelligence, and even love as they pertain to our dogs. Subscribe to Dog Smarts on iTunes now. The following podcast contains explicit language. It's Tuesday, May 31st, 2016 from Slate. It's the gist. I'm Mike Pesca. So in Switzerland, they have this tradition where at the end and beginning of the day, the students shake the teacher's hand. Isn't that nice? But some Muslim students don't want to do that, and it's causing a big row in Switzerland. And here, the president of the Swiss Teachers Union spoke out against the decision not mandating this, saying that the rules should apply to all students and that it sent a wrong message to exempt these, I believe they're Syrian Muslims who didn't want to do it, sent the wrong message since boys need to shake hands with colleagues, both male and female, as their lives progressed. And the president of the Swiss Teachers Union, well, he's actually a name in the news. Names 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 in the news. So, names in the news. so his name is Beat Zemp, B-A-T-Z-E-M-P. I guess if you can't Beat Zemp, you should join him. His name is not Beat Zemp, by the way. It's Beat. Beat, I believe, is uh, how a Swiss German would pronounce the name because of uh, St. Beatus of Lundgren, a patron saint of Switzerland. There are a lot of Beats, or sorry, Beats. There is a Swiss cyclist named Beat Bro. There is a Beat Bosch, a Swiss athlete. There is Beat Weiss a Swiss art historian. And as I'm going through these names, I'd never heard the name Beat, but I was going through this name in Swiss news. I came to realize these are all Swiss beats. Names in the news. Names in the news. Names in the news. This is not a name of a person. This is a name of an establishment. There are two DEA, former DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration agents, who are on trial now because they are charged with having misled investigators about their business. Now, they say it wasn't a business. They say it was an investment. They weren't the owners of this business. But this business that they did not disclose is the Twins Plus Go-Go Lounge of South Hackensack, New Jersey. The Twins Plus Go-Go Lounge. I think this is a terrible name for a Go-Go Lounge. I don't understand the presence of the word plus in there. Are these plus-size twins? I'm sure there is a niche for that. But by saying twins plus, are you implying triplets or twins plus some people who aren't twins, which wouldn't be a plus if you have a twins-themed Go-Go Lounge? I mean, that's kind of a unique niche. 
Aren't you destroying it with your non-twins? So I think they couldn't hold back like many a patron of a go-go bar. They couldn't hold back. They threw the plus in there, and I think it got in the way of the story. So what is the story? Well, you know, every business is trying to tell, sell you a narrative. So I went, and I found out what the story of the Twins Plus Go-Go Lounge was. No better way to do this than to go on Yelp. It got mostly good reviews on Yelp. But I was taken by the fact that there were 12 pictures. First of all, it has its own website. We can maybe play a little of that sound to get you in the mood of the sort of thing that's going on in the Twins Plus Go-Go Lounge of South Hackensack. There were 12 pictures on the Yelp page for the Twins Plus Go-Go Lounge. And I will tell you what all 12 of those pictures were. Here we go. Chicken wings, pizza, tacos, chicken wings, quesadilla, chicken wings, egg rolls. Oh, this is a video. Someone's frying a shrimp. Looks like baked clams, or perhaps that fried shrimp, uh, some more fried shrimp, and a naked woman doing a headstand. So those are the pictures of the Twins Plus Go-Go Lounge. They got four out of five stars in their five reviews, but Yelp hid a review. And so I went and saw the hidden review. Here's what Yelp is trying to keep from the public about Twins Plus Go-Go Lounge. Was there a bunch of times with a married co-worker, same girl every time, food seemed old, I guess, because I never seen anyone there. The dancers sit with the customers, add, ignore you, except for tips and go in back for lap dances. I'm going to end the review right there. And another review on Yelp, remember, got four, four out of five stars, but another review, a guy named Vinny V from Garfield, New Jersey. I would defer to Vinny V. He writes... This is the worst place I have ever been to. Ugly girls and literally trying to rob you for your money. Beware. Do not go there. Lesson, L-E-S-I-O-N, possibly lesion of advice of and man that have been to many go-go bars. I take him at his word. Then I found another reviewing site, Foursquare. I don't know. Maybe this was big in the um, early part of this decade. There are two reviews on this site, and I will read both reviews of Twins Plus Go-Go Lounge. This is from Paulie Moe. Very dirty and a total whorehouse, whore, H-O-R-E. And then the other review from Nick Guasco. Lucy is the best. That's a four-word review. The longest word is four letters, and the word is is misspelled. So the real review says, Lucy, Ia the best, the twins plus go-go lounge. On the show today, I got takes. I got all the takes you need in the spiel. Might come short of gorillas. But first, an injection of vitamin D and calcium. It's Maria Konnikova here to play Is That Bullshit? Binge eating binge viewing. That's a Netflix thing. Now you've got binge reading, reading of periodicals. It's going to be the next big thing. I know it's going to be the next big thing in my life because I've got periodicals littered throughout my apartment. Littered is not a term of art. It's really just a bunch of litter and I wade through them and I feel guilty about them and I say I should read that article or at least glance at those hilarious, hilarious drawings of men on islands or dogs speaking like people. But the problem with magazines is as much as you want to read them, they take up so much physical space and just organizing your way through them can be a hassle no more. Let me tell you about Texture. Texture has reimagined magazines that gives you the 
articles and the stories that you want. It will also highlight stories you don't even know you want. They have all these interactive features and video and recommendations. It's just a great organizational tool. And for you, for me to convince you, you're going to want to know, well, which magazines are on there. I can't read them. Dozens of dozens of magazines, you know, The New Yorker and Sports Illustrated and Money and Food and Wine and Canadian Health and Lifestyle. Just giving you a, a, a sense of the scope of the different kinds of magazines. Everything from L to Backpacker, right? Everything from Entertainment Weekly to Lulu and Lulu French. You've got all the Lou's, couple of Lou's, the English Lou. The French Lulu, and the best part is Texture is offering my listeners a free trial right now. When you go to texture.com slash gist, you will gain immediate entry to all the top magazines, including back issues and bonus video. So start binge reading for free. Organize your life and your house and your apartment and what's going on inside your brain right now when you go to texture.com slash gist. That's texture.com slash gist. Milk, it does a body good, or so they would have you believe. But how good does it do a body? And then there's the campaign Got Milk, which really to me, though held as a genius campaign, demonstrates that when you are trying to advertise a product as ubiquitous as milk, you could put basically any word before or after it and people will say, great campaign. Got eggs? Milk, nice. Like milk nice. If that was the campaign, that would move a million cartons. But what we want to talk about is when they say that milk does a body good, how much milk, how much in your body, we're going to talk percentages and we're going to bring on Maria Konnikova. She's the author of The Confidence Game. She is the person who comes in to say, is that bullshit and closely related to the bull, is the cow, and now we talk of the milk. Hello, Maria. Hello, Mike. So my first question is a mathematical one. There's skim milk, there's 1%, there's 2%, and then there's whole, they jump to whole. Does that mean whole is 3%? When, when, is, is whole milk, is that 3% fat? It is just over 3%. All right. Well, that's it for today's show of how much <laughs> milk fat is in milk. All right. So I guess we've, we've turned around on fat a little bit. We used to hate fat, and now I don't think, I don't know that we love fat, but I think that... Uh, as we talked about in the past on the show, our fear of fat led us to carbs, and that's not good. So is it the case that we should drink skim milk if we could stand the taste? Is that just by and large true? Well, that used to be the thinking mm -hmm. um, for a number of years. In fact, with the rise of childhood obesity, a lot of recommendations were made to basically – have kids replace whole milk with skim milk right. and to say, you know, drink skim milk multiple times a day. That will help the obesity crisis. That will help kids lose weight. So that was the common wisdom for a long time. And adults did this too. You know, if you're overweight, what do you do? You drink zero calorie soda and you drink skim milk right? and you don't drink all of the other stuff. Right. And in the last few years, that thinking has actually changed because we now have some good longitudinal data. And we know, we know that we love longitudinal data about what happens when both children and adults drink 
whole milk as opposed to skim milk. Now, it's a little different from what we'd found out about sodas and uh, artificial sweeteners because that affects gut bacteria. And so the difference between milk fat and no milk fat, there's no additional There's no additional sweetener. We know that milk, whole milk, has about 150 calories a cup, and we know skim milk has about 90 calories a cup, not quite half. So that's, you know, a savings in calorie. And even though we know that weight gain is not just calories, there's some correlation for sure. Sure. Yeah. There is some correlation, but the old thinking of a calorie as a calorie has gone out the window. A calorie is absolutely not a calorie. So if you eat an apple mm-hmm. or a 100-calorie bag of chips or chocolate chip cookies. I love the chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. They're so good. If you eat Those 100-calorie bags yeah. are tiny little bags. Yeah, yeah, they're great. But if you eat that, that's not the equivalent of eating an apple. Right. And your body processes it differently, and your metabolism metabolizes it differently. It affects your hunger hormones. You remember we talked about things like ghrelin and leptin mm-hmm. and all, all sorts of fun stuff like that. It affects it differently. So it actually does matter where the calorie is coming from because sometimes you eat one calorie and it goes in and out. And sometimes you eat that calorie and it stays in your body. So the calories in milk fat, those are the calories we're talking about here. What do we think about them? So there's now been some new data after studying people over a period of years to see what happens when you reduce calories by replacing whole milk with skim milk. One study which just came out followed a group of women and by a group... You get arrested for that, by the way. (laughs) By a group, I mean specifically 18,438. So we're not talking about a small data size. Um, These are people from the Women's Health Study, which is a very um, large longitudinal sample. They've been following them for years. They're all healthy, good cardiovascular health, everything's good. And they monitored over a decade their milk consumption habits and their body weight. Mm -hmm. And something very strange happened. Can I guess? Yes. Go ahead. The more supposedly bad stuff they ate, the healthier they got. That would be strange in a study of nutrition. Well, if you think whole milk is bad, we were, we did in the seventies. Then that is exactly what happened. The women who consumed whole milk not only didn't gain weight, but sometimes had weight loss. Whereas skim milk tended to accompany weight gain. Do they know why? No. Have they done this with anyone else besides these women? They have. They've done it with kids. Uh So they did a longitudinal study with preschool children, and this one was— The problem with that is by the end, they're not preschool children. (laughs) So it started when they were two years old, Mm -hmm. and it followed up when they were four years old. Um, And there were 10,700 of these kids. So again, a very, very nice number. Um, And they had people drink people. They had little ones yes. drink either whole milk or 2% or skim milk. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got your 2% in there as well. And they found out that having skim milk actually led to being obese and being overweight. Now, I, I, when I say led to, that makes it, it was implies cor- causality. Right, was correlated was correlated to. with yeah. It was correlated with increased weight gain, whereas there was no such correlation with whole milk. And what about the 2%? Um, that same, same as skim. 
2% was the same as skim or mm -hmm. 2% was the same as whole? Same with skim. Consumption of 1% skim milk is more common among overweight, obese preschoolers, uh -huh. potentially reflecting the choice of parents to give overweight, obese children low-fat milk. Nevertheless, it does not appear to restrain body weight gain between two and four years of age. So that's 1%. That's 1% right, and so skim. And how does the two – I, I need every percent. I need exact <laughs> recommendations per each percent and if the carton is blue or red. So the 2% and the whole milk was associated with lower weight gain. Okay. So there is a big difference. There you go. We have figured out that that is the uh, magic tipping point number, the well, milking point number, somewhere between <laughs> one and two. So, so I think that one of the things that – we've been learning, and it's not just about milk, is that there's a reason that whole foods are whole foods. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason why... And Trader Joe's. And yes, and Trader Joe's is Trader Joe's. Mm -hmm. So so there's a reason why, you know, it's different foods have different amounts of calories, and your body knows that. So when your body is drinking milk, it's expecting milk, and it is equipped to derive those calories from yeah. milk. When you trick it, this is kind of what we were talking about on an earlier episode with sugar drinks, it's not too dissimilar because you're tricking it in a way. And so a lot of things might end up happening. You know, your metabolism might be ready for more calories than it's actually getting. And so it screws it up in a way. It might be that you are hungrier and so that you end up consuming more. And there is also the thing about a calorie not being a calorie. And so when you skim off calories, all no of a sudden- No pun intended. <laughs> pun definitely intended. Yes. <laughs> Give me credit for my pun. When you skim off calories, you're actually messing with the product itself, with how your body responds to it. How do they know, though, that it's not, I have a chubby little kid, I'm going to give him skim milk? How do they know that the correlation doesn't work that way? They don't. But what they do know is that if you're chubby at age two and you get skim milk, you don't lose weight. Yeah. So, oh, okay. That's so it's not point. it's not that suddenly switching your kid to skim milk makes him not chubby. So so they do have the data of you know husky. how chubby we prefer husky. How how husky were yes, you? Husky. And then how husky are you two years later? Level of husky. And yes. exactly. And what did you drink in the meantime? Mm -hmm. And if you start at the same kind of chubby level and you drink whole milk versus if you're at that husky level yes. and you have skim milk, you're not going to actually lose any weight with the skim milk. And you might end up doing better with the whole milk. And I also, you know, you've been hearing or we've been reading about, you know, the New York Times reporting on the biggest loser and what happens when your metabolism changes and how your body just wants to adjust to a certain state. We may really be doing – it may turn out, and it's just me theorizing, that we're really doing kids a disservice, but with the best of intentions by giving them skim milk at so young an age and trying to control their ca calories or trying to control their weight, which is good by, you know, pure by the kind of um, blunt force calorie right. restriction. Right, that's exactly right. And that, at the end of the day, that might not be the best way right. to do it. Instead, you have to focus on what types of calories are you consuming? Where are the calories coming from? What types of foods? And you find, and people have found in a, a variety of studies, that you can actually consume more calories if they're calories coming from the right sources and still lose weight than if you have fewer calories, but those calories are going from, you know, processed types of foods or foods that have been processed mm -hmm. so that your body 
body isn't breaking down the elements as efficiently. That just ends up happening over and over. People say, you know, I'm not going to eat a whole avocado because do you know how many calories an avocado has? Well, if you eat a whole avocado, that's much better than eating, you know, a sandwich with some sort of filler that has, you know, refined sugars, because what are you going to do? I mean, you have to somehow replace the things you're taking away with other things, which are artificial. So before we get to and render our verdict, I want to touch on a couple other milk areas. What is your milk strategy? I'll tell you mine. Um, I put skim milk in cereal because to me, there's no difference. But with the coffee, I use whole milk, but I do it to color, not by amount. So I'm looking to achieve a certain color. So a little bit of whole milk will get me that, not even mocha, just slightly less dark brown color. What's your milk use strategy? Maria. So I drink my coffee black, Uh but when it comes to cereal, I'm all about the whole milk because the taste is actually different. You know what you should try, Mike? You should try grass-fed whole milk. Uh It's really good. You You taste the grassiness. It's good. And, so and so this that's, is, my, that's, that's my tip to you. And this is what you eat in your Negev nectar cereal? Absolutely. When I have Negev nectar and crunch, I always <laughs> have it with whole milk, grass-fed whole yeah. milk my from se- the pastures of the Negev desert. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one pasture. My other milk question is this. When you were a kid, were you put off of skim milk because you thought it was skin milk? Like, I know a lot of kids like that. I grew up in New York, the Throg's Neck versus Frog's Neck Bridge. That was a whole other thing. But I really was intimidated by skim slash skin milk. My childhood was a little strange because we actually used to buy skim and 1% milk. And then and then my parents discovered that they were doing us a disservice. Yeah. So we switched about halfway through my childhood to whole milk. Wait, they had access to this longitudinal study? No, they on? didn't. But they, they some, something, something clicked. And yeah. they decided that it was probably, you know, my mom, she's one of those mothers who calls me and says, did you read this study online? Um, and I'll say, mom, are you? Slow down a second. But there was a study that yeah. she read yeah. about milk. Yeah. And she was actually right. Yeah. This, some of these studies did exist, you know, 20 years ago and more. I don't want to age myself too much. Although listeners to the show know how old I am because <laughs> <laughs> we've done that. Yes. So, and listen, if you are looking to raise a uh, future a future PhD in psychology and best-selling author. That's what you do. You read a lot of studies and give them whole milk, I guess we've figured out. But wait, we haven't rendered our verdict, so let's do this. Skim milk is better for you, meaning skim milk, fewer calories, help you lose weight. Is that bullshit? That is bullshit, as far as we know now. Maria Konnikova, who is the author of The Confidence Game, who is a whole milk, grass-fed whole milk drinker. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Mike. Does your dog understand what you're saying? Can your dog sense when you're sad? Can nutrition have a positive impact on your dog's cognitive health? If you've asked yourself these very questions, you need to tune into the podcast, Dog Smarts, hosted by leading author and professor of cognitive neuroscience at Duke University, Dr. Brian Hare, H-A-R-E, different animal, not a dog, but still every episode of Dog Smarts brings together the brightest researchers and academics to discuss what is really going on in your dog's brain. Download and subscribe to Dog Smarts on iTunes now. And now the spiel, Gorillagram. I got takes, I got the takes. You come to me, I give you the insight. That is our deal. 
Yet on this one, I'm takeless. Sans take flambe. No excoriation of the existing order. No counterintuitive provocation. No insouciant, if somewhat puckish, needling. I speak, of course, of Gorilla Gate, the seemingly warranted shooting of the Cincinnati gorilla who could have killed a little boy who fell into his enclosure. New York sports radio mainstay Mike Francesa. I told you the guy talks about sports. Of course, he's going to talk about Gorilla Gate. You imagine if that was your child in there? You're going to have people who are going to say, wait a second, I'm worried about the gorilla. When your kid's in there, basically, maybe seconds from having his head crushed. We live in a world now where you are going to be more concerned with the gorilla than you are the little boy. How? Where, what's wrong with you people? Not only that, I think Girardi should have lifted the gorilla in the sixth. You got Patances. You got Miller back there. Not to mention Chapman. He's a fireballer. He'll bail you out of the gorilla situation. The idea that somehow the hippo is going to lay down a bunt in that situation to move the ostrich over. You are lost. So I enjoyed Mike Francesa on that. And then another American figure who is steeped in the tradition of the strong take weighed in. Mr. Trump, if I may, you might not be able to recognize the nuclear triad. You might not be able to accurately place America on the list of nations that are highly taxed. You might not correctly tell the audience about the crime rate in Oakland and Ferguson vis-a-vis the crime rate in Honduras. But on the question of the gorilla, your thoughts were pretty well formed. And there were moments where it looked pretty dangerous. I don't think they had a choice. I mean, probably they didn't have a choice. You have a child, a young child is at stake. And, uh, you know, it's too bad there wasn't another way. I I thought it was so beautiful to watch that, you know, powerful, almost 500-pound gorilla, the way he dealt with that little boy. But did he call the gorilla beautiful? He did call the gorilla beautiful. He's a businessman. He calls the gorilla beautiful. He calls the Democrats beautiful. That's what a businessman does. CNN covered this story, not the gorilla story. Oh, they covered the hell out of that. They covered Donald Trump answering a question about the gorilla in its own article headline, would Donald Trump have killed the gorilla? You know what? This campaign has been so crazy that that headline was probably in the queue for weeks. Look, it's going to come up one way or another. Would Donald Trump have killed the gorilla? That's going to be relevant because really that's all we want to know. Would Donald Trump have killed the gorilla? Do we want to know about taxes? Yeah, he told us that, but then he backed off it, so we don't really know. Do we want to know if he'll soften his Muslim ban? Yeah, sure, he'll soften it. Gorilla, we need the gorilla information right now. We need to know, would he have killed it? Yeah, he would have killed it. In fact, we have him reading his statement on the gorilla. Can we play that tape? Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shooting. Of gorillas entering the United States and cavorting with toddlers until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. I'm sorry. I do not have a take. That guy has a take. You want, as your president, you want a guy with a take. As as your talk show host, you want a feller with a take. I got no take. Tough call. Beautiful gorilla. Almost a calm gorilla. Almost. Almost seems key in that sentence. Well, I do maybe have one take. So when you heard the report, the first time you heard about it, you've heard it subsequent times, your ears probably didn't perk up. It took me about 45 different mentions of what happened. But listen to this phrase. 
Outrage, sadness, and now blame over the killing of an endangered gorilla at Cincinnati Zoo this weekend after he grabbed and dragged a boy who fell into his enclosure. So stop it. Stop it right there. The enclosure. Shooting the gorilla? That's a hard call. But there is something I need to attack. It is this word. Enclosure. It was not an enclosure. Let's listen to the second syllable of enclosure. It sounds close to closed. If it were an enclosure, we wouldn't be talking about a child slipping into it. It was an enopenture, thus leading to this terrible gorilla tragedy. So overall, I think it is quite sad that the gorilla is dead. It would have been worse if a little boy had died. But really, the important thing is that my expression of those thoughts should in no way get me or anyone else in this country even an inch closer to the presidency. So that is the best I can offer with my gorilla analysis, my Harambee hot take, my simmering simian submission. And that's it for today's show. Mary Wilson prodded me to come out with a strong yay or nay opinion about that time that kid got suspended for sticking a chicken finger in his classmate's face and pretending it was a gun. Remember that time? What do I think about that? Steve Lichtai, the executive producer of Slate Podcast, is all like, that's fine, Mike, but listeners need to know where you stand on Darva Conger. I mean, she wanted to marry a millionaire, but is she really a victim? Well, what do you say? Andy Bowers, chief content officer of the Panoply Network, issued an ultimatum. Either the policeman who arrested that mom for letting her kid get sunburned is the worst or the best cop in America. Go. The gist. Did Louis C.K.'s monologue go too far? Did a baker mean to put a racist message on a cake? Does Balloon Boy reveal a deeper truth about ourselves? These and other issues will not be discussed on a future episode of The Gist. Oomperu, deperu, duperu, and thanks for listening.